Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency for the New Spectator USA website. I'm joined today by Paul Wood of the BBC, and we are going to be talking about Paul Manafort's plea deal. Paul, there's been quite excited talk all day about Paul Manafort's plea. It seems he's come up with come to some sort of deal with um, his special prosecutors, and it's unclear exactly what the deal is. But of course, there's a lot of excited speculation that he's about to turn on Team Trump and put uh, certainly the Trump administration, if not Trump himself, in more trouble. Uh, how do you read it? We know very little at the moment. Uh, he's given up the fight, certainly, but has he flipped? Uh, he's given up the fight because he's already facing years in jail from a previous trial, millions of dollars to defend against these charges, and now the prosecution have said they will accept guilty pleas to two of these charges uh, and drop the other five. What he's pleading guilty to is witness tampering, trying to get witnesses uh, to say certain things, and conspiracy against the United States, which, although it's rather grand-sounding, is about him diverting money income into offshore bank accounts in order to hide it from the US taxman and prosecution alleges he did that with at least 15 million dollars of income relating to this charge and there was other income tax evasion and money laundering charges in the last trial. It is just possible I suppose that both sides in this trial have come to an agreement on the very narrow issue of these charges and that I think on its own is a very bad blow for the White House and for Donald Trump. He has maintained all of this is a witch hunt, there was never any basis to it, and Paul Manafort was being victimised by the Justice Department because he'd managed Donald Trump's campaign. Well, if Manafort is now standing up in court and saying, yes, I am guilty of these offences, it's harder for Mr Trump to maintain that it's all some kind of fantasy. Mr Trump's other main defence against all this is to say, I think correctly, that Paul Manafort was being prosecuted for things he did long before he joined the Trump campaign, for money that he apparently concealed that came from Ukraine, nothing to do with Russia, nothing to do with what happened in the campaign. Well, we're going to get to the truth of that matter if indeed Manafort has flipped and is going to tell the prosecutors everything he knows about what went on in the campaign. But we don't know whether that is the nature of the deal he stuck with the prosecutors yet. I think that's going to become clear over the next few days. In Trump world, there seems to be a kind of a murder around people who worked with him, people who worked for him. And we saw with uh, Michael Cohen that although he maintained loyalty to him until it became clear that Cohen was turning against him, as soon as, as, soon as he did turn against him, Trump started tweeting very aggressively about what a bad guy he was, but a bad person he was. Similarly with Manafort, there's been a lot of, he's a good guy, he's, he, he won't flip, you know, a sort of a mafioso-like pressure not to flip. We don't have any evidence that he has flipped, really, but clearly that's that's something that the Trump team will be worried about if indeed they think that he has damaging information on them. Well, sometimes you do have to remind yourself that Donald Trump is head of a federal government, which includes the Department of Justice and the FBI, because in his tweets on this, he has sounded more like Don Corleone, about to break your legs or leave a dead fish on your doorstep. Manafort was the good guy, toughing it out, defying the forces of law and order and refusing to be a stool pigeon and snitch and grass on his old comrades. Cohen was somebody who'd, who'd ratted, and there's nothing worse in, in the world of the mafia than a rat. 
this is the president saying all this. It's really quite remarkable. Yes, and 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 another irony with that is that I mean Manafort. I don't think you have to be a Trump skeptic to think this. Manafort's clearly not a good guy. I mean, he's a he's he's. We can now say he is a crook. Even before he was a crook, he was somebody with a, a faintly disreputable whiff about him. Quite prepared to represent Marcos in the Philippines or Yanukovych in Ukraine, thugs and thieves around the world who needed their image burnished as long as they had the money. Manafort was prepared to advise them. He's now been convicted of monetary offences, of, of hiding millions of dollars from the US taxman. How do you get from that to Trump and Russia? Well, you have to look at where the money was coming from. And the money was coming from oligarchs in Ukraine who had very close connections to the Kremlin. And one working theory is that if these oligarchs had paid this money to offshore accounts. The Kremlin would know about it. They'd know that US tax law had been broken and they would have a very powerful lever against Manafort, something to blackmail him with, and that therefore they, the Kremlin, actually put Manafort into the Trump campaign, told him to join it, not to take any pay, knowing that they would have influence over him. I have to say that if there is a plea deal, um, this theory that Manafort was some kind of Russian agent looks less and less convincing. I don't think the FBI would allow him to walk on other charges if they felt he was a Russian agent. But, I mean, maybe they, they, it's because he's going to offer them something so juicy in, in, in return. Well, we can only speculate. I must say that reading Bob Woodward's book, which has already sold a million copies this week uh, in the US alone, Trump, Trump will just look so chaotic. The idea that there was some big conspiracy being run with the Russians, that Manafort could pull all these levers in the Trump campaign. Trump spoke very contemptuously of Manafort in front of others. The idea that the Kremlin could manipulate him through Manafort doesn't look all that convincing. It doesn't mean that people weren't being manipulated by the Russians unwittingly, but the idea of Manafort being a Russian agent looks less convincing with these charges and with what we're learning about how the campaign was run. But who knows, anything is possible in Trump world. And, and if Manafort wasn't a, an agent, it seems less and less likely that Trump is directly colluding with anything because, as you say, the, the Woodward book and everything we learn about the way the White House operates and certainly the Trump campaign operates operated it was that it was a complete shambles. It doesn't mean that no laws are broken. That's true. General Michael, Michael Flynn, for instance, has been convicted of lying to the FBI. Once you start doing things that you don't want to make public, as Manafort was doing with his money and who knows, maybe with his connections to various Russians, uh, then you start having to lie about it. Then it's obstruction of justice. This was the problem that President Clinton ran into. He didn't want to tell the truth about sex, but so he was caught uh, on a charge of lying about it. Even if it's just a big mess, it doesn't mean that things were not done which are compromising. And I think that is what Mueller is hammering away at. You know, let's review quickly. A year on, we have President Trump's former campaign manager going to jail, striking a plea deal. His former personal lawyer going to jail, striking a plea deal. Mm. His campaign foreign policy advisor, George Papadopoulos, in jail, I think, as we speak, for lying to the FBI. Rick Gates, the deputy campaign manager, struck a plea deal, otherwise he would have gone to jail. That's five people at the very top of President's inner circle, maybe not Papadopoulos, but everybody else, who have been convicted or have admitted offences. It took President Nixon six years to get here. It's taken President Trump 18 months. Well, one could say that, but one could also say that the sheer weight of legal pressure on the 
people surrounding Trump is, is so great that, of course, a few people were going to be arrested at some stage. I mean, if, if any other administration, I think, had faced this kind of pressure, you probably would have seen arrests. I mean, in the sense that politics is always dirty. You say any, any other administration, but there's never been an administration like this one, at least in recent political memory. It's never been so that people with compromising, compromised connections. And if we forget about Russia for a moment, the Russia hoax, as President Trump calls it, you now have his, cam- his personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, admitting to having made an illegal campaign contribution that is the payment to the porn actress Stormy Daniels two days before the election, designed to influence the outcome of that election. President Trump says it was not at his behest, but that is exactly the evidence that Cohen will give, that President Trump told him to do that. And then you have an election which was decided with as little as 80,000 votes, uh, where the president has tried to rig the system. A lot of people would think that calls into question his legitimacy. It's certainly not something that has been seen since Watergate in terms of campaign contributions, manipulating the system, lying about it, prosecutors circling. This is as bad as, bad as it can get for a president. And, and Trump seems to be, uh, dis- well, not distracted, I mean, rightly focused in a way on this uh, enormous hurricane, Hurricane Storm Florence that's coming in and so he's he's very much tweeting about that and of course there's a lot lots of cynical media talk about how he's um he's just eager for a distraction from the Mueller inquiry do you think he's he's jumping on this storm as a chance to talk about something else well I don't think we could accuse him of inventing the storm to get us <laughs> out of the Mueller questions uh, but of course he's jumping on it he'll jump on Arnold Schwarzenegger's ratings as presenter of The Apprentice. He'll, he'll <laughs> jump on the latest controversy in the tabloid media that morning. Yes, he wants to stop talking about Muller, but I, I don't think he's jumping on the storm as a means to do that. That's, this is, I think, an entirely natural and excusable thing for a president to do and entirely in line with his behaviour on Twitter normally. On that very fair-minded note, I think we'll stop there. Thanks very much, Paul. Thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, and you can also subscribe to the magazine through our special podcast offer, which is on www.spectators.co.uk forward slash pod offer. And we'll even throw in a Spectator Moleskin notebook for people who take up that offer.